It's time for the Charlotte FC podcast. scored my goal against Nashville and Anton grabbed my jersey and my face and said kiss this badge man this is our club our house we ain't letting anybody come in here and disrespect us and you our boys do a good job of creating chances of playing with the intensity and energy uh, i just want them to get more for more reward for the work that they do all right welcome Bienvenidos, bienvenuti. It's another match day. I am so glad you are here with us on the podcast, and I hope you're enjoying Crowning Moments, which we now publish on Wednesdays in both English and Spanish with our good friend, Tonio Ramos. So today we have a special guest from St. Louis. His name is Tom Timmerman. He is the St. Louis Post-Dispatch beat writer. He covers St. Louis City, the St. Louis Blues, and the Cardinals. And he has been covering soccer there for quite a long time and is a seasoned veteran. He also is a co-host of SDL Soccer Talk with Carter Chapley. So I encourage you to listen to that if you want to find out more. He is on social media at Tom, T-I-M-M. And he's also, you can read his articles at stltoday.com in the sports section as you'll see tom writing for lots of different articles throughout the week so let's get a little talk with tom and learn a little bit about st louis city and his coverage well hi tom welcome to the podcast nice to be here thanks so uh give us a little background on how you became a reporter for the st louis post dispatch well i came here because i had been working in los angeles which is more where i'm originally from and then um uh, family situations arose, which, um, you know, my wife got a job in St. Louis, and so here I came. And so then I've been, uh, so I've been here now for, uh, since 1996. So, uh, um, yeah, which is how I can measure when Major League Soccer began, because I was covering the Los Angeles Galaxy 
for the LA Daily News at the time in their first season and halfway through the first season, I moved and now, however many years that is later, I am uh, covering Major League Soccer again. Wow. Uh, so it's, there's been a gap in my in my uh, coverage career. Well, do, do you enjoy soccer? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, a it's, well, for one, it's great to cover because it's a two hour game. Uh, it's a, it's a, one of the best deadline sports there is, you know, it's going to be over in two hours. Uh, as long as it's a regular season game, unless you get into world cup level, uh, stoppage time. Um, no, and it's fun. I mean, I, you know, I've covered a lot of it in my, um, career. Um, you know, I think would really, the first time I went to a world cup, which was Mexico in 1986 and just seeing what that atmosphere is like and, and seeing the game. You know, because in America, especially at that time, you saw the game, you know, in front of empty buildings, you know, and it was there was just no atmosphere to it. But once going to Mexico and then Italy in 1990, you just you, when you see soccer in that at atmosphere, it's, you, you realize what a big deal it is and the immensity and the globalness of it and and how exciting it is. It's like if you the only baseball games you'd ever seen were Little League games. You'd say, well, this, this isn't particularly interesting. But when you see it at that level and when you see all of the world descending on it and just the the party that went along with it. It's like, wow, you know, this, this is a lot of fun. And I discovered early on, if you, if you cover soccer, you get to go to world cups every now and then, uh, <laughs> which is, uh, which is a lot of fun. Pretty nice travel expense there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when did you first become interested in being like a sports writer and like what, what inspired you? That probably goes to my childhood. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I mean, I growing up in Los Angeles in the 1970s, you know, there was it was just a great time in L.A. sports and I loved reading about it. And it seemed like, you know, that would be a fun thing to do. And I always say, I mean, my my father ran a convenience store and no one ever said to him, gosh, that sounds like fun. But um, being a sports writer always sounded like fun. And so uh, when I got to college at UCLA. I wrote for the paper there and then from there was able to uh, develop that into first of the Los Angeles Herald Examiner until uh, that uh, unfortunately closed. And then I moved to the Los Angeles Daily News. And then from there, I came to St. Louis. So I've been fortunate. There are really only three newspapers in my in my career, and they've all been like big city uh, papers. And so I've got to cover a lot of stuff. I mean, I've covered um, you know, USC uh, football, UCLA basketball. I've covered you know Cardinals in the World Series. I've covered the Blues as they won the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, five world cups. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's worked out remarkably well. Well, it sounds like you're just a big sports fan. So that probably helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there's, there's certainly an appreciation of it. Yeah. But I would, uh, yeah, watching though, though the one thing that happens when you become a sports writer is in many cases, you, you lose the ability to cheer that you just, you know, mm -hmm. because it's all, you know, professional and you, you can't cheer, you know, right. no cheering in the press box, as we always say. And um, and so that spreads over into other things. So even if it's a game I'm not covering, you know, is I I can appreciate the game uh, for what it is, but I very seldom have a rooting interest in in a game I'm watching, which can be unfortunate. You lose some of that uh, childlike innocence that comes with rooting uh, for a team. And you've seen like the underbelly of what goes on. And, but I watch a lot of games also, and then think of it every game I watch in a sports writing mode and say, Oh, it's going to overtime. You got to rewrite your lead. Oh no, the guy's coming up on deadline. Now that's a terrible situation. So, um, it, it does 
to slightly switch the way you look right. uh, at sports. Yeah. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I watch a lot of sports. Yeah. So how did you get to cover uh, city SC? So was that just, Hey, I want to do this, raised your hand, like, Hey, put me on or like, how does that happen? Yeah. I mean, I had, I had been kind of the de facto soccer guy through all the years that we didn't have a team uh, in St. Louis and so whenever, when the national team would come to town, men's or women's for games, I was the guy. Um, I had in the past done a lot of St. Louis University soccer, though we reallocated that when I started covering the NHL on a regular basis because uh, there were too many conflicts. So I had always been, so I was kind of the obvious guy to do it within the staff. I was, I had covered and I had covered the MLS bids through, mm-hmm. through time. Um, so, but, but they did ask, they said, did you want to do it? And, um, I said, yeah, I mean, I've been after covering the NHL for, and this run, you know, 10 years or so. It's like, you know, this is, this is something different. And it's, and especially as you may know, with an expansion team, there's a, an amazing amount of enthusiasm, uh, that goes into it. And maybe if it were, you know, year 15 of St. Louis city's existence, it would have a different feel, but right now there's just such a buzz around it. It's, one of the most, you know, it's, right. it's fun. And especially when you look at that, the blues have completely fallen apart, uh, that it's, it's way more fun, uh, than doing that. Uh, I kind of feel like the, uh, college football coach who, who leaves the team right before it goes on probation and goes right. to a, an NFL team because the, because the blues have now traded off, you know, half the roster and, and are not going to make the playoffs for the first time in, in years. So, uh, it's, it, but it's fun. So yes, I mean, they gave me, they asked me if I wanted to do it and I said, yes. And I'm, I'm glad I did because it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So what are you charged for as a beat writer in this position for uh, the St. Louis post-dispatch? Like, do you cover basically all the happenings? Are you like, you know, at every game? Are you at every practice? Do you write human interest stories, interviews, that kind of stuff? What is your, what is your kind of job there? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of it with this team is a first-year team, and with the way the roster is built, nobody here knows any of these people. That you know, there's there's a couple guys. Well, there's four or five guys who played with St. Louis City two last season in MLS Next Pro, but even then, no one knew who they were. So there's been a lot of profiles um, of writing of who these guys are. Um, and my philosophy, yeah, I mean, we have embraced our coverage of the team. I'm at practice. Every day, uh, I'm writing four or five days a week. You know, depending on what's going on, what their practice schedule and availabilities are. But yeah, a lot of it is get to know this team because they're they're from Europe. You know, they're South Africa, Brazil, um, various spots in America, and then just and they're not household names. It's Major League Soccer, so it's not as though you know none of these guys are Messi or Ronaldo. You know, you would have to be an incredibly zealous fan. To have said, oh yeah, Edvard Leuven, I remember him from the Bundesliga. You know, there are my re- the readership. There may be those people in my readership, but ninety eight percent of them don't. You know, are not familiar with Klaus's history. Right. So, uh, so that's a lot of that's been a, a large amount. But then you have to balance it, and you have to. There's the day in day out newsy stuff, and Indiana Vasilev took a got broke his nose in the opener on saturday and what's his status going to be going forward and you know john klein who they drafted where is he you know how come he's not on the team things like that you have to deal with the procedural matters because there are people that are embracing this team and saying 
you know, I don't know soccer, but I want to I want to follow it. And there are those, though, that have been, you know, members of the the Luligans fan base fan here, the supporters group that have been going to AC St. Louis games when that team existed and St. Louis FC games when that existed and follow the sport quite ardently. So, you know, they're there, too, and they are uh, part of the audience. And I guess you eventually hope that the whole audience is like that, that they are people that, you know, zealously care. But right now I get a lot of, you know, emails from people saying, wait, they traded a guy for, for gam. Right. You know, and, and then you have to explain and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to explain gam and Tam and what's a homegrown player and, and oh no, Mally's generation Adidas, you know, what does that mean? Right. So it's um, there's, even if you are, you know, even if you've been up every Saturday morning watching the premier league, you don't know what gam and Tam are. So in fact, in our, special section that we did at the start of the season. I mean, I had like a, a 100 inch long explainer of major league soccer. And, and there was a section of just soccer. If you have, are right. jumping into the thing late. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, what, what is gam and how does, how do the MLS playoffs work? I mean, even, you know, so many people have no idea. Yeah. There's you know, a lot of rules. Works. It's like everybody needs an MLS one oh one. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So. And so that was what I hoped to hoped to do. And that's so there'll be a lot of explaining yeah. going on in this first season. So about how many articles are you writing a week? Uh, well, I think I think I had an article every day last week. Um, now, that was an unusual week. And there was one day in which I wasn't going to write. But I think they they that was the day they named Roman Berkey as the captain of the team. So, uh, yeah. So I think in most weeks, it's going to be four or five stories. A week, you probably nothing on Monday for Tuesdays, and maybe we pick another day midweek that we don't do it. But other than that, you know, we, you know, we, they've got me. We've got the space in the paper. Right. Uh, there is stuff to write. Um, I'm I'm all in favor of, of writing. Um, so I'm gonna, so I'm gonna do that. And uh, yeah, I mean the the bosses, you know, want to jump on this, and they've decided this is something that's important. Uh, for the paper to, uh, you know, as, as we you know, try to service our readers. Right. So that's something, you know, so I think, as, and we're going to get into the summer, and this is something that happens in St. Louis, is that it, when you get into the summer, we've got the Cardinals playing, mm -hmm. and the other sports we have aren't doing things at that point, whether the, the local colleges or the Blues. And so at that point, it's like, you know, there's room, mm -hmm. you know, there's, you know, and so, and so we, we embrace uh that so they're going to get a, a pretty good amount of coverage uh throughout the season but yeah it's so it's it's going to be in i think when we get into a regular flow once we get past these opening weeks uh it's going to be like four or five stories a week nice and do you plan like ahead of time are you are you sitting there sunday night after a match and being like all right i need to do stories on this i need to do you know cover this like do you have like a, a set out kind of template of how things should be covered during the year and what you want to do uh, yes. Um, well, yeah, not that far fleshed out, but yeah, on Sunday, I, like, well, I didn't do it Sunday or Saturday, but on Sunday I sat down and said, okay, for this week, Tuesday for Wednesday, we'll have, you know, you know, injury updates and, you know, the, the MLS next pro guys who got in the game, including, you know, 17 year old Miguel Perez, you know, talk to them, you know, the Tuesday availability, what do they, you know, what their situation is. Wednesday and Thursday, there'll probably be featurey stuff leading up to the home opener. Uh, Friday for Saturday will be more of a game preview. 
but you know, features is where it's at. And there are some long-term features I'm working on, which you know, require talking to a lot of people. Some of them will be, you know, more more player stuff. I've, you know, some of those some of those things I've already like reported and kind of written, or just waiting for the chance to run them. Right. Uh, and but there will be things, yeah, throughout the season that we'll have to react to. Um, that uh, um, you know, we have, we'll figure out when it happens. Right. And I guess as as a veteran reporter, you you have a lot of uh, a lot of say. Even though I'm sure you have an editor, but you have a lot of say in in what gets covered and how it does. Uh, I've got pretty much free reign on on this. The uh, the the editor you know tells me, Tom, I'm relying on you on this because <laughs> I don't know what the what the stories are. So uh, I, I in case, but he said that, so it doesn't matter if he's listening or not. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got pretty free reign, and then our columnists get involved, and they will you know will speak, and they'll say, Hey, I want to write about this. Have you you know? It, or is this going to step on something you're doing? I want to do. And so there's that interaction because our columnists have been uh, involved in this as well on, uh, on, on writing stories. So if someone were to shadow you during the week and see what you do, what, what would a, what would a day look like a writing day look like? Well, uh, Tuesday. So the city practices at 11 o'clock. So, at eleven o'clock, you know, at eleven o'clock, I would be standing on the sidelines at their practice field, watching, uh, and then practice was over, talking to players, talking to the coach. If the situation arises that I need to talk to the sporting director or someone else, you know, just chatting. It, it's a very they've been a very cooperative and open team for someone. You know, it's their first season, and so that's one of the things they need to do. And so, this is actually one of the amazing things about all the teams I've covered is that I'll be standing on the sideline, and and players will just like come over and say hello. I mean, in year, you know, in in you know, a decade of covering the NHL, that doesn't really happen mm -hmm. much. Uh, but Tuesdays is a day that's my podcast day. So from then, I would then Tuesday after practice go into the office uh, with my co-host, record our podcast, shoot our weekly video segment, and then I would go home and write. And that's what a lot of days are: is being at practice, doing interviews, and then coming home and and writing. Uh, or making phone calls if there are things that require, you know, out to me to reach outside. Um, and then, you know, now that we're into the season, there will probably be a point in there where I'm taking advantage of Apple TV and watching, you know, uh, games uh, that I that I didn't get to see. Right, because um, you were covering you know, in the first place. So, so how do you get a rapport? Uh, you know, as a reporter and season person, how do you get a rapport with these players and with the team? Like, how do you how do you get yourself in there? Of course, you're you're known, so they know you. But like, how do you mm. how do you get in so that they feel comfortable telling you things that they might not normally tell you? Um, you know, I have had a I have had a sit down in fifteen twenty, you know, or longer session with just about everybody on the team now there are very few guys that i haven't been able to do that with and so that's been a time to to get to know them uh as one of the players said earlier and i can't use i probably shouldn't use what he said directly on a podcast but he said basically there's no no jerks on this team right and and it is a very and one of the things actually that lutz Steele, the sporting director did is he he kind of went for went for a team of kind of nice guys mm -hmm. um and so they are i think there's a lot of these normally gregarious guys and for a lot of these european players they, they kind of have to have that personality if you to leave 
the Bundesliga or one of these or European league and come to America, come to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, a destination uh, place. It's not as though some of these guys have been, you know, one of these days, you know, I'm going to move to St. Louis. Right. You know, they probably, you know, couldn't have found it on a map, you know, or long ago. Right. Um, and so they, they are, they are all genial guys for the most part, but it's just been around and it's been talking with them and seeing them in the hallways uh, and it's just been conversational and getting to know them and finding out about them. I mean, because when I've talked to them, it's been about talking about them as people right. and getting to know them and, you know, how they got started and what it was like growing up in Denmark or these other places and finding things we have in common. Um, and then just, and then from there, you know, and, and it's actually, I should say it's been easy now because there hasn't been soccer to discuss. There hasn't been, well, why did you, right. you know, we haven't had to, well, you screwed that up. You know, there hasn't been, you know, why is the team lost, you know, five in a row? It, that hasn't happened. So there's been nothing but good times so far. We'll see how that plays out. But, right. um, but it's, it's been just getting to know them like you would get to know anybody. Well, you, you definitely had a fantastic time in Austin with uh, winning <laughs> late this past weekend. Um, so, <laughs> Can I tell listeners uh, who may be coming to the match this weekend a little bit about your take on the team so far um, since you've been covering them? What I would say about a nice time, um, unfortunately, because City scored two goals in the last I think, 17 minutes of the game, is that the story that I had written, pretty much I had to rewrite uh, over the last 17 minutes of the game. So that wasn't fun. That was not a nice time mm-hmm. um, as, as I and, and I had to rewrite it twice because first it because they went from losing to getting a point then to winning, which really was not not expected. I mean, when they, when they went down two to one uh, to Austin, I think in the 72nd minute, it was like, OK, that's probably probably going to be it because Austin had swung things in their favor and was kind of controlling play and creating more of the chances at that point. But uh, the game turned, and there you go. Um, you know, the big names on St. Louis City, Roman Berkey, the goalie, used to be the goalie for Borussia Dortmund, has played in the Champions League. Um, he's their goalie. He's a very active goalie. He roams the field. He You find him almost at the center stripe uh, sometimes. Uh, and that's what they were looking for in a goalie because they play – City plays a high-pressing attack, and so they want everybody – moving forward uh that can get him in trouble at times he has to do a lot of racing back towards his goal if the ball quickly you know, changes uh one of the goals uh that austin scored uh you know he was kind of caught in between and mm-hmm. was lobbed over his head uh and that's kind of want to be kind of the trade-offs that they're going to have to deal with they've said they're comfortable Berkey's comfortable doing that uh so if he's comfortable we're comfortable but uh, it can be an adventure out there because, you know, with their style, if they turn the ball, the ball turns over and there's a quick counter, he's there's going to be scrambling that needs to happen. Uh, and also, he, you know, his last year in Dortmund, he dropped to being the number two. So he, he barely played in that season. And then he didn't play last. Right. Well, last season, he came to America in the summer. You know, played a few games with City Two and MLS Next Pro, but really he's not played a lot over the last year and a half. And that's the case with a lot of these guys because one of the things they did to make the team better was they they signed guys last summer. So they took advantage of last year's summer 
uh, transfer window mm -hmm. to bring over a lot of European guys, most of the European guys. And so those of these guys didn't play from June through the start of the season. You know, they got in, you know, a few games again in next pro. The striker is Klaus. Uh, he's Brazilian, so he goes by one name, though he'll often uh, be referred to as Yao Klaus by, by, uh, because he's still listed that way. Um, and he he had the game-winning goal uh, Saturday night in the 86th minute. Uh, it was uh, an excellent goal. I mean, if you saw yeah, it, I mean, he, it was phenomenal. You know, yeah, he, he checked up to stay onside, ran after a well-weighted pass, got it, cuts, and then with the outside of his right foot, puts it inside the far post. Um, He's Brazilian, and so they're expecting that he's going to be like that and and make those kind of plays. Um, and, you know, he's going to be the goal scorer, but they're envisioning it to be a pretty balanced scoring attack. But Klaus, as the, the one guy up top, is probably going to – if he doesn't lead the team, something's not right. But uh, he, you know, brings that Brazilian flair uh, to, the, to the team – Edward Leuven is going to be taking, uh, or at least he did on in the Austin game. He'll be taking your free kicks and your corner kicks. He's the box to box midfielder. Uh, he's one of the two designated players, uh, Klaus being the other. Um, and he's a you know he's he's still fairly young, um, but he is you know he's the engine uh, that that really drives this team. Um, those are the biggest names. You know, there's there's a lot of guys. Isaac Jensen, who's a young Danish winger, he did not play Saturday because he he got hurt in practice. We'll see. There's a you know, Rasmus Alm is the on the right. They don't call him wings. He's just he's on the right side of the midfield, mm -hmm. um, and he's a very he'll be running around for the 75 minutes before he completely runs out of steam. Um, and you know Tim Parker is a recognizable name in MLS. He's the most experienced guy. Right. Uh, he'll be anchoring uh, the back line. So, I mean, those, are, but it, it's, you know, depending how much you followed, you know, Nico Joachini, uh, Joachini, I never pronounced his name correctly. Joachini uh, came off the bench. He's had a few national team experiences. Uh, you know, Indiana Vasilev, but he broke his nose and who knows what his status is going to be uh, for this week. He's a guy who's, he, he's the only Premier League experience on the team. He was with Aston Villa mm -hmm. uh, and then played in the league, I think the last couple seasons. So there are some guys like that, but uh, yeah. And so, I mean, it was funny. It was, they looked at the season, the thought was, okay, Austin's going to be tough. Columbus is going to, or Columbus, Charlotte is going to be a, an evener match. Charlotte will be a better indication mm -hmm. of how this team is going to be. I mean, Austin was going to be, Right. You know, they were in this going in, they were in this finals for the West last year. So yeah, that was gonna be a that was gonna be a tough one. Charlotte was gonna be the game in which okay, this is more their more their speed mm -hmm. at the start. So I and it's gonna be a madhouse there. I mean, for the for the home opener. I mean, it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be something. Um and so that'll be a tough thing for, for Charlotte to to walk into. Definitely. I mean, they're used to big crowds. We just had sixty-nine thousand for ours. Mm -hmm. Um usually pretty loud. I'm sure this place is going to be very electric, a lot of new things happening. Uh, you know, are there, are there specific things like they go on with all pretty much MLS teams, supporter groups, kind of practicing chants, setting up things, TIFOs, you got all that going on? Yeah, the the TIFO group finished their uh, their, their debut assignment, uh, I think uh, last uh, Saturday before. Um, 
So uh, they're ready for that. You know, the the Luligans, the supporter group, has been they they they've had practice as well. I mean, they have because they had St. Louis FC in the USL. They had City Two last year in MLS Next Pro, where with smaller numbers because those games drew a couple thousand. Um, but they they've got everything in place, and you can find their yeah chance online. And they've had open houses for people. You know they. The supporter section, uh, you know, will loom on the north end line. Uh, there, uh, they are uh, ready to go, and it's you know, it's you know, been built with the supporter groups in mind. You know, it's mm-hmm. got fold up seats to get out of the way to make it easier for people to stand. But it's going to be different for St. Louis sports. I mean, you know, Cardinals games or Blues games aren't like this, no. and so it may take some uh, you know education for the non-zealot fans to embrace this is what a soccer team that they will be drumming for the entire uh 90 minutes uh you know it seats twenty two thousand five hundred. uh it's built into the ground rather than above the ground so it's fairly got a fairly low profile designed to keep the sound in um it should be it should be quite the site but yeah they're ready i mean the the supporter groups have been uh, have been working on this for a long time and then the question will be how the non-supporter right. groups you know, how they are, assimilate yeah that yeah, that's always that's always it. a key because you know that those that group is ready but that's only a portion of it um mm-hmm. so you have a, a a club that has been practiced for the most part the core has been practicing and been together for quite a long time compared to most expansion teams that probably mm-hmm. was shown in that first match but also will show here you got a, a new stadium new electric atmosphere what things else should uh visitors from the outside look at or try to try to notice maybe a, a fan from charlotte uh when they come um well if a fans for charlotte are coming i mean it'll be it'll be a pretty new experience for everybody because there's been one game in that stadium uh city two played an exhibition against Bayer leverkusen uh last season and it was freezing on that day it was in november and it was like 32 degrees and so everybody who went there was just freezing um so, yeah, I think they'll, I don't know that they'll find the experience anything different than they would have found in, if they've been to Kansas City, mm-hmm. uh, I can't say Chicago, because that would be a different kind of experience, Definitely. but Nashville, perhaps, you know, it's, it's, it's a downtown, it's like, it's on the western edge of downtown, uh, close to Union Station, and, um, uh, you know, so the area around it, there's, you know, some restaurants that, are, you know, that have been there for a long time. But the rest of it is kind of developing. One of the things that's interesting the city was able to do, and this is in part because land is more easily accessible in downtown St. Louis because of how the city is, is that there, you know, their practice facility is right across the street. It mm-hmm. is downtown. So they, you know, they can walk from their practice facility underneath Market Street and turn up at the stadium. It's all connected. Nice. Uh, which is something that makes them unique in in major league soccer. Uh, because in a lot of places, obviously you can't get land downtown or near the stadium but they've been able to do it um i don't know i mean there's uh they promise you know they're having a big street party there they've they've got a plaza that's just on the east side of the stadium where um you know perina who's their uniform sponsor and the locally based you know dog food right. uh, conglomerate you know they they have you know dog competitions uh out there they there there's a stage with music but there will be you know dogs you know uh you know chasing frisbees and things uh out on the uh on the plaza 
there beforehand. So they they plan on making it a uh, a big show. What actually one of the things they did was they got a lot of local restaurants that are doing the concessions at it, and, and they they built some of them. So they have two sides. So they have one side that faces into the stadium and one side that faces into the plaza outside the stadium. So if you were, whether it's Steve's Hot Dogs or Balkan Treat Box, the, the, the local fooderies, you know, you don't have tickets. You can come down and it's like being at the game. You right. can buy, you know, stadium concessions and, and eat this, you know, local cuisine and, uh, you know, take in the uh, take in the party. Nice. All right. We're at our last minute. I kind of call this stoppage it's time. stoppage time. So there's a, okay. a couple of questions. Just it might take you longer to think about because they're a little different. All right, uh, do you have a must-do personal ritual? Like on a game day, or just just in, in general? Uh, um, well, uh, for soccer games, I I wear a hat. Um, I, I not for any other sport, but, and this goes back to covering the U.S. team in nineteen leading up to the ninety-four World Cup, where they would practice at a place in Mission Viejo, California. We had to stare into the sun. For hours and so i got a hat and so i just it has become the trademark for soccer games i wear a hat all right uh favorite unplugged activity uh boy you know um hanging out with my dog would would probably be uh the one before doing this podcast the the dog was uh actively seeking you know belly rubs so that would be uh the uh, that would be the, the thing okay do you have a go-to snack while watching a match um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a tortilla chip kind of guy. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, uh, Dr. Pepper and tortilla chips would, would probably be what I, what I eat a lot of, uh, while watching sporting events. All right. What design impresses you more interior or exterior? Oh, exterior, uh, big uh, architecture guy. I used to lead architecture tours of downtown Los Angeles. Uh, so, uh, architecture is is one of my loves okay uh how about starting a project or finishing one what is more gratifying oh finishing uh i'm a terrible starter I, 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 the, the the middle is the absolute worst but um yeah as with many writers the saying is always i hate writing i love having written so uh yes the finishing uh is the best part all right so if you are a current player on city sc what player would you be most like um let me take a quick look at the roster here just to uh remind myself um you know there would there would be guys who I'd like to be like because their personalities are much more outgoing than mine you know mm -hmm. and Kyle Hebert or Tim Parker you know bring a lot more energy than i i mean but if i could be someone i'd want to be uh azl jackson because he in addition to being a good soccer player is a musician nice. and so he you know he, he can play the drum the piano guitars his father is a noted jazz drummer um so i mean that would be cool there's a lot of these guys actually um nico joachini i mean you know I, I said what do you consider home he said paris okay that would be good right. i can live with that yeah <laughs> I, if, if i thought of paris as my home i would I, I would like that all right well thanks a lot for being on our show tom and um we'll look forward to uh sending people your way to your podcast and to read your articles to learn more about city sc and have a good match this weekend all right nick thanks for having me all right take care take care 
All right, everybody, that was Tom Timmerman. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom, T-I-M-M. He is the St. Louis Post-Dispatch beat writer for St. Louis City SC, the St. Louis Blues, and the Cardinals. And you can also listen to his podcast, the STL Soccer Talk with Carter Chapley, his co-host. And read his articles at stltoday.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode and to the Charlotte FC podcast. Please do us a favor and go on your favorite podcast feed and give us a five-star rating. That would be helpful for other people to try to find the podcast and just share it with your friends and tell them all the wonderful people that we interview and talk about on the podcast. Please also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CLTFCPodcast. And remember, we have crowning moments every Wednesday in both English and Spanish to update on what are the moments from the match that happened last week and what to look forward to. So join us for those, follow the podcast, share it with others, and enjoy the match. Thank you.